0: It's been up and down crazier than a roller coaster. And they say things are cooling now with the whole interest rates increases trying to deal with inflation. (laughs) Inflation. But there is still something to talk about when it comes to dwellings. Have you ever heard of or wished you had a modernist house? Modernist House. Well, if you are not sure, there is an easy way to investigate the prospect. You can hop on board a bus tour of 11 new and renovated Modernist Houses on September 17th. George Smart will tell us about the September event but if you do not live in this area, you can still learn some interesting facts about this concept during this broadcast, and perhaps even find a similar event wherever you are located. George Smart is the founder of NC Modernist, a nonprofit educational archive dedicated to the documentation, preservation, and promotion of Modernist Residential Design. What are we talking about here? Hmm, Best way is to think Frank Lloyd Wright. North Carolina Modernist has documented 5,000 of these homes throughout the state of North Carolina. According to Smart, these livable works of art. I like that livable works of art continue to be threatened by rising land prices and disinterested heirs thus making preservation more important than ever so let's talk to George about this a little bit welcome George
1: thanks Mary thanks for having me
0: well thank you for being here and informing us about these interesting homes So we'll pick this uh, part a little bit, but first, just a quick overview. What is considered a modernist home? Like what are the features or what determines it to be such?
1: A modernist house typically has four characteristics. It has a flat or a low-pitched roof. It has an unusual geometry. It's not just a box. It has an unusual number of windows, openings, skylights, courtyards, atriums, any way to get the outside in? And then finally, although it doesn't sound particularly unusual today, an open floor plan. Back in the 50s, having your living room flow into your dining room, flow into your kitchen was a radical new innovation.
0: Yes, and you're right. Now it's very popular these days. So interesting. So let's, um, let's talk about identifying the beginnings of residential modernist design as part of a national movement.
1: Well, modernism came to us from a variety of places. You had a number of European architects who brought it over as they were escaping from Germany and the UK in the 1930s. You had Frank Lloyd Wright, the architect most people have heard of in America, that was working before that. And then you have uh, architects in the Chicago area and the LA area in the 20s and 30s that all started making these houses that were looking different, and really living different than had ever come along before. Modernism really reached its peak in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and by 1970, nobody was really building them anymore. The reason for this was is that the architecture was really way ahead of material science, the science behind the stuff that goes in the buildings. Um, it wasn't until about 10, 15 years later that material science caught up so now you can really design anything you want in a computer and there are materials to build it properly.
0: So give me an example of that of material. Um, what you're talking about, the equipment that was needed, that wasn't available.
1: We didn't have computers. All of the drawing was done on paper, uh, pen and paper and ink. And the materials that are available weren't as technologically as adept as they are now. The concrete, the concrete, wasn't as good. The roofing materials weren't as resilient. Um, There were a lot of issues with water collecting on houses, uh, leaky roofs, things like that. Uh, But now, for instance, almost every building in America, every commercial building has a rubber membrane roof, which are on a number of modernist houses. So it really solved that problem. Also, you have much more prevalent use these days of concrete and steel in houses, not just wood.
0: So it sounds like a lot of the contemporary architecture is getting closer to the modernist style.
1: Modernism has really come back in a big way this last 20 years. A lot of people just love the way it looks. It's very conducive to people who like to have art or sculpture in their houses or um, you know, collect something, whatever it is. Uh, they play a musical instrument. They want a house where they can do small performances. And these houses are also very efficient. You know, why should I hire an architect to do a house for me? And the answer is is because they know more than you do about structure and scale and size. So if you need a 3,000 square foot house, they can probably design you a 2,000-square-foot house that lives as big as a 3,000, and that's where you save money.
0: What about environmental? Is there any more advantages with modernists environmentally than uh, you know, the con- just contemporary architecture?
1: The modernist movement in recent years has been the vanguard of looking at ways to adapt the design and construction industry to fight climate change. Uh, One of the big issues right now in large-scale architecture is about destroying buildings versus rehabbing them. And more and more owners are realizing that it's better for not only them, but also the environment. Instead of tearing down a 25-story building and building something new, they can figure out how to take what they have and just make it better. And that puts a lot less uh, toxic materials and CO2 into the atmosphere.
0: Who are the top two architects or influencers in national modernism?
1: There are a number of them. Um, It's more decentralized than it used to be 40 years ago because there's so many more practitioners now. But I always point to two architects in the Seattle area, Jim Olson and Tom Kundig. Uh, You can Google them. Uh, They make just spectacular houses all around the Pacific Northwest. Uh, from small ones to very large ones, that you just look at them and go, wow, that is one incredible house.
0: So let's see now. I want to ask about, uh, discuss the methods to preserve mid century modernist homes uh, through preservation, occupancy, and sustainable development strategies.
1: Um, the biggest danger to mid century modern homes is not the developer that comes along and wants to bulldoze the house the danger has come long before that point. And that is when the house goes vacant. That's where we try to find out from our network of members and realtors that important moment when you want to intervene when the house goes vacant. At that point, you can try to help find a buyer early. You can find a renter. You can even find someone to just occupy the house because a vacant house tends to deteriorate much, much more quickly. Um, and if it does that for a couple of years it 's going to drop in value, and a developer's going to come along and want to tear it down and build something on it. So our biggest preventative strategy is just monitoring the vacancy
0: there's just so much to this i am just finding this really interesting um so so let 's go back at the beginning of the show, I talked a little bit about the crazy housing market, its ups its downs, et cetera. And so when it comes to, let's go back to selling and buying these homes. What is the difference between selling a traditional house and selling a modernist as far as things like, are they more or less expensive? Are they more or less popular? Um, You know, time on the market, those types of things.
1: You know, I was speaking to a group of realtors today about these very questions. Um, A typical, you try to sell it, you try to make it as peeling as possible to the widest variety of people possible. You get your chocolate chip cookie dough and put it in the oven and make the house smell great. You try to stage it as well as possible. That's how it's done. But for modernist houses, they work a little differently. Um, often the best way to show off a modernist house, which is really more about the house, is to take all the furniture out of the house and let the structure speak more for itself, and put art up on the walls, or put some small sculpture in the corner. Modernist buyers, they don't need to visualize where the furniture's gonna go. They need to visualize how the architecture would interact with things they would put on the walls. And once a realtor knows that, they can do a lot better with marketing a modernist house. Also, I think from the buyer's side, Many people think that having a modernist house is going to be more expensive than a regular house. That's really not necessarily true. You can look in some of the more popular magazines and see modernist houses that are very expensive, but they've been blinged out. They've got the most expensive oven or range or refrigerator or cabinetry or whatever else. Many of these houses that were built earlier say, between about 1948 and about 1970, just have regular, normal kind of appliances, and they're the same price range as anything else.
0: That's very interesting what you say about taking the furniture out. And I did earlier say, you know, that that you call these livable works of art. They're not homes, they're not buildings, there's livable works of art. And I really like that. And now I see coming around exactly what you're saying. It's about the art Of the structure and and, and nothing else. So that's good. Well, you know, we could go on and on and on about this subject, but we're running out of time. Um, There's certainly so much more to learn. But if our listeners would like to dive deeper into this subject, let's give them some info on your bus tour that you have coming up of 11 new and renovated modernist houses.
1: Once or twice a year, we have uh, an all-day event called Matapalooza. And that's where we'll take between 150 and 200 people in buses all around the Raleigh, Durham, Orange, Chatham County area, to see houses that they would never really get to see on their own. They're, they're hidden away. They're, they're not on main roads. um, And they range from very uh, accessible houses that anybody could buy to some spectacular houses that people have had custom built. And so over the course of a day, We give people breakfast in the morning. They see four or five houses. We give them lunch. They see four or five more houses in the afternoon. And then they finish the day having a full buffet of both food and architecture.
0: I especially like the food (laughs) element you, you put in there. That's great. What a wonderful day. What a wonderful day. Okay, so what would be a website where people could go to see uh, if they wanted to get on this tour or an upcoming tour, if that tour is already filled, etc.?
1: So they can go to NC, as in North Carolina, ncmodernist.org, O R G, and just click on the tours, and you'll see all the things we have coming up. Uh, Besides Matapalooza once or twice a year, we also have some single house events. We take people to New York, Chicago, Los Angeles. Um, I'm taking people actually to Dubai in October. Uh, We take people to Palm Springs every year for Modernism Week, which is like the Super Bowl of modernist architecture. So there are lots of things to choose from. And if you go there and something is already full, you can have something else to choose from.
0: That sounds like a plan. Give the site one more time, please.
1: It's ncmodernist.org.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This has really been informative. Thank you, Mary. Well, I hope you can get in on something going on there. Even if one event's full, check out all these other things George told us about. But now, unfortunately, we are out of time. So I need to say, um, you know, it's time to high five and say goodbye. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today, be agreeable.